You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-Designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! We're doing something a little different this week. We didn't have the regular intro. I'm sure you've noticed. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe this is your first time listening. So, like, I'm, I'm really sorry. You should go back and not make this your first episode. We're having a little casual chat with some casual friends. Krista, you're here. Hello. I'm usually here. You are usually here. You're the not casual friend. It's true. I'm very dedicated. It's true. You're way more dedicated than I am. Um... <laughs> And Gregory Pizzito. Hello. You might know him from such podcasts as this one and Cinema Guado, the podcast <laughs> that he hosts. Only this one if you've uh, joined the Patreon, though, right? No, no. You're, on, you're on the the um the quarantine episodes. Or yeah, the, the last. That was, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. last episode. I thought, I thought that had gone out on Patreon. No. No, we no. changed it. Nah. No. You can, however, hear around the same time I recorded mm-hmm. that interview with my mom. That's on about, Patreon. Yep, mm. that's on Patreon. I keep forgetting that one's on there when, we, when we're like, listen to stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, and you can hear about scary, like, oh, yeah. ghost stories my mom shared. <laughs> Hooray! So for this uh, season three, three? Yeah. Holy crap. For this season three of Finale, we're just going to, I'm going to share some stories that aren't cool, that don't have quite enough information to be a full podcast. Um, so instead of you giving you a 10 minute podcast, we're going to give you however long this turns out to be. Um, I'm going to read some stories, and my co-hosts here are going to give their opinions on them. Some of them will sound familiar, some of them may not. Some of them we are going, at least Krista and I are going to heavily sigh at. Do any of them have uh, people getting whipped off the end of uh, uh, a line of children and thrown into traffic, <laughs> and then having a statue made after them? They do now. Okay. And leaving behind her sandal, I guess. Leave- I don't know. And then if you step in the sandal, now we have to tell the You're story. You're going to die. So I guess yeah. Greg's going to start. Oh, I'm going to start? Oh, Christ. Because now you right. tell us the story. Yeah. So, yeah, this is one I, I was looking up haunted statues in Michigan. I'm like, there's got to be some haunted statues in Michigan. Yeah. Oh, be. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the one that I found, pretty much the only one I found, was uh, in Flint um, at a cemetery up there. That is the Crack the Whip statue. It is a statue of a line of children playing a game called Crack the Whip, where you, like, they all link hands and they spin around in a circle and then all of the centrifugal force is forced at the person at the end of the line, apparently. It makes it hardest, you know, so that's the position where it is hardest yeah. to hold on. And you are supposed to hold on for as long as you can before getting thrown off and presumably injuring yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or and, in the case of this not non-existent child. Yes. So Urban I legend. The, yeah, the, the legend states that the statue uh, in, in Flint is in mem- uh, memoriam of a little girl who was playing crack the, wh- crack the Whip, was on the end, got thrown off, and thrown directly into traffic and hit by a car. Into traffic! <laughs> and that the um, that at night you can hear children playing, and you can hear ghostly moaning, and things like that in the cemetery. And that at the end of the um, statue, there is an empty sandal as part of it, and that if you put your foot into the sandal, you're going to die. I do think that is a weird thing to have at the end. Like, it's not just kids playing a game, no, having there's an fun. Empty sandal there. There's an empty sandal. So what happened to the kid who wore that sandal? Well, yeah, why is there an empty sandal? Yeah. She got flung into traffic. Yeah, yeah apparently. apparently. <laughs> like, I guess that would lend credence to the story that it is, you know, in memorial uh, to a person who died. Um, but uh, this is this is very much an urban legend. This is not a true story. They know who the actual sculptor was. They yeah. know. Yeah, of course they do. You know. <laughs> My favorite part. <laughs> and that person is like, 
No. <laughs> yeah. not... no. Um, no. And it was like it's not even an old statue. The statue was um, sculpted in 1983. Like these people are still alive. That's nuts how yeah. fast urban legends become right. urban legends. Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, how many cemeteries do you know of that have a sculpture garden that are modern active cemeteries these days? Like that would be the first. Yeah. So... I mean, with statues like that, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. like um... that aren't the gravestone. Right. No, that's. That's it. So it's an unusual cemetery at the very least. Yeah, I want to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my foot in that sand off. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't die. <laughs> if I do, though, like, now you know, it's 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 legit. We right. probably take down that statue. Well, and then, of course, you know, there are all kinds of stories of, like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, like, I knew a kid who knew a kid who oh. put his foot in the sandals. Yes. Yeah. Died. <laughs> my sister's boyfriend's uncle. Yeah, whatever, dentist. Yeah. Something, something. <laughs> yep. Dogs, babysitter. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's begin with um, a little creature named Pressy. Pressy got her name from the Presque Isle River, where many sightings have occurred. Quote, it has been described as around 75 feet in length with a horse-like head and sharp, possibly jutting teeth and set on a long neck. It is proposed to have large pectoral fins that may have been <clears throat> held close to the body for streamlining and a tail not dissimilar to whales. Or is this or is this is actually written to a whales? End quote. <laughs> that is from well, uh, the, I mean if it's possessive. The cryptids.fandom wiki. Reports of this creature have gone back literal centuries, some claiming that the creature can swim at least nine miles per hour. I don't know what that is in knots. Yeah, I was but like, I guess that's not, nautical miles? Or... I have no idea. Okay. Uh, that it constricts like a snake, and that it can swim with um, with multiple humps above the water, like everyone's favorite lake monster, Nessie. Mm-hmm. Quote, as recently as the 1990s, witnesses at Point Iroquois claimed to have seen a buck deer being pulled into the water by some large underwater beast, which only left the buck's head on shore. And that is from our favorite 99 WFMK. That is also actually where the uh, Flint story was from, too. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're really up on their uh, <laughs> they're my locations. Every once in a while, I'll find one on another radio station, and I feel like they're copying. Are you copying them? <laughs> How dare you? I mean, you know, all the radio stations are owned by, like, two companies now, so it's probably just, like... Yeah. You make a good point. Cumulus station. Oh, God. I heart radio. We don't care. You don't heart radio. You no, it's like the opposite of that. Ratings. Uh, there have been reports that Pressy is Mishipeshu, an important water being to the Anishinaabe and Ojibwe peoples, that can represent itself as an underwater panther, which is bitchin'. But I'm not going to go into do too much detail because I don't know anything about Mishipeshu yet, and I would really like to have like someone from the communities like, yeah, actually who, talk who, about yeah, it. Talks about the legends. So, ideas as to what it is. Some people think it's a giant sturgeon. Um, these massive fish are straight out of the age of dinosaurs and look every bit the monster. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But they're actually kind of nice and you can pet them at the shed aquarium. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other people think it's just a big ass eel. Um, these guys used to be super common in the lakes and rivers around Michigan, but their numbers have decreased dramatically in recent decades. Maybe that accounts for the lack of more recent sightings. Okay. I didn't know we had eels, but that makes sense. Yeah, and apparently they get huge. Uh, an actual monster, Lake Superior, is massive and holds 10% of the world's surface freshwater. Yeah. So it might, you know, could something 75 feet long have a surviving population? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> well. You know how many ships we got lost in that lake? I mean, that's a good point. I guess if it's that. And like, yeah, I looked up the specs for like Lake Superior and it's really fucking deep as well. But yeah. You know, meters means nothing to me as an American, so I was like, I don't really know what that means, but I'm sure it's pretty deep. <laughs> um, a quick way to do it is multiply by three. Yeah. Oh, Because okay. a meter stick and a yard stick are roughly the uh, same. Oh, good point. So... Okay, well, I don't, I don't have... I didn't write it down, but it's really deep. Very deep. It but, is very deep. like, is there... Is there enough to eat? Is there enough to stay alive in winter? Is there... I don't know. I got questions. If it, yeah, if a, for real monster. I mean, obviously it's acclimated to the environment. But... Right. Yeah, if it's there. Yeah. I don't know. It might just be a giant ass snake. It constricts like one. 
It eats I, I, entire I, deer. I feel like the sturgeon mm. theory is a pretty, pretty good one, honestly. Um, I know that's been one of the theories for uh, Nessie as well. Yeah, is, is um, yeah, sturgeon. Giant lake sturgeon, yeah. Yeah, they get really big, or they can get really big if they're allowed to, and they look kind of weird. So, yeah, they just look like because they're not scaled fish; they're armored fish, right? Mm-hmm. So they they're bumpy on top. Mm. Yeah, that could. The, could the be. only thing with the sturgeon is like if you if you accurately saw it with multiple humps above the water, a sturgeon can't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that either is a misrepresentation or or misattribution. Right. Hyperbole. Or, yeah, hyperbole or whatever. Yeah. So that's that's the only like thing that I would rule out as far as sturgeon went. Right. But they are yeah pretty like prehistoric looking. So yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't like fish in general. Like I find fish creepy to begin with. So <laughs> fair warning. Only the one that you just showed us the the turtle. Turtle fish. Turtle. Yeah. So, Sounds like a Pokemon. So apparently, yeah, there was there was a not entirely intentional um, hybridization. Ended up being the accidental hybrid of offspring that spawned from an attempt to breed the endangered Russian sturgeon. And they artificially fertilized sturgeon eggs with American paddlefish sperm. Oh. And created the sturtlefish. Sounds like sturgeon and turtle. I just... I know! Yeah. I'm like, what? Why like you... something out of Avatar or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was looking at what a paddlefish looks like and it's... Not anything like a Great. sturgeon? It's, uh, to describe this for you, it has got, uh, a super long pointy nose. This particular, uh, fellow has the largest belly I've ever seen. He is, he is tuna shaped. He is tuna shaped or if a fish could have a beer gut. A really big beer gut. (laughs) Tiny little fins. However, look at the size of that mouth, yo. Holy crap. They got the largest of mouths. Looks like good eating, but it definitely looks like a monster. It's, yeah. Now I'm like, oh, shoot, is it a paddlefish? <laughs> I was like, oh, do we have those? <laughs> Maybe it is a, a natural occurrence of, of a sturtle. Like, yeah, like a, like a natural hybridization of two different right. fish. That's oh, possible. that'd be cool. I mean, it's go, its own sturtle. Yeah, going to, you know, a very, like, hard science definition of a cryptid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah, may yeah. just be a, a the offspring of two unrelated fish that were able to breed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, so now we have another lake monster, this one of Torch Lake. Quote, one of the tales states the monster is called a sea panther, which we already have learned could be a Mishipashu. Yep. Uh, with, a, with a lizard's body and the head of a cat or a mountain lion. I don't know how that makes it a sea panther. That's right. Well, a mountain lion is also called a panther. Right. I was thinking more of the lizard body. No, no. The sea part. (laughs) (laughs) A song was written with lyrics that say the monster has one brown eye, one blue eye, and slimy green skin. The creature is said to live at the very bottom of the deepest part of the lake and rises to the surface at night, searching for late night boaters or fishermen, swimmers, and campers to chase away from his lair or possibly devour, end quote. And that is also from 99WFMK. I may have scoured this. Um, Quote, uh, Dave Foley, a counselor at the camp in the 1960s and 70s, takes credit for starting the myth, which was later popularized in a song by fellow counselor and folk musician Bob Thurston. Wait, Dave Foley like the kids in the hall guy? I don't think so. I don't think so, (laughs) but thank you for making me realize where I knew that name from. (laughs) Yeah, in my head I was like, like, not the Canadian comedian. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we're very close to Canada, so... Now I'm picturing him as a camp counselor, and I'm delighted. Uh, and that comes from an article from Michigan.org. I love when this stuff is on Michigan.org. I know, I know. That's where I found a bunch of this it. stuff, because I was like, all right, whatever gets you, whatever gets people to the, to the touristy places, I guess. Uh, sure, yeah. Whatever gets them to Torch Lake. Where is Torch Lake? Um, it is. It is a little bit southeast of Traverse City. Okay, okay. That's why I know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's and like it's Michigan, yeah, gorgeous. They call it the Caribbean of of the Midwest. Amazing. Yeah, we need to go. God, I want to go. Um, Worst sandals resort ever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because of the monster, or because it's the sandals? Uh, <laughs> little so, column A, little column B. 
<laughs> uh, the theories for this are, again, that it's Mishipeshu, um, or that it's a muskie, which is another mm. giant fish yep. that is native to Michigan. And people just are mistaking that for what it is. For... People who, like, aren't fisher folk. Yeah. People like me who look at it and go, oh my god, what the hell is that? Yep. You know. And I, I imagine, like, having having aquatic wildlife like that, uh, you know, has largely to do with the depth of our lakes. Like, yes. especially like, Especially Lake Superior, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is extremely deep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, that, yeah, things like that can breed, you know, larger fish like that or, or more kind of prehistoric looking fish. Right. It's all about more resources. Mm-hmm. sustaining a population, right? Yeah, so it's can like... breed there because it's deeper. Right. So it's mm-hmm. that one of the arguments against Nessie is like, well, a lock is not big, and like that lock is not big enough to sustain. Right, right. There's not a food size. source. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, our lakes are pretty freaking big. Mm-hmm. Turned out. <laughs> Thank you, glaciers. All right, now I'm pulling out my uh, weird Michigan book that I realize I haven't. We haven't used quite enough. We really haven't for having it. It it introduced us to a lot of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, we kind of moved on. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, there's good information in here Shit. man remember when those guys had a tv show yes and it was great <laughs> I no it. i don't yeah oh my they God, had a they tv show them. on the learning channel or discovery channel something like that the only downside is um, they went to go travel. visit uh, joe arpaio in one episode and we're all over him oh i don't remember that episode oh yeah. <laughs> was it just called weird weird us weird us okay. yeah i think was what it was yeah all right krista this one's for you the witch of seven gables lane Oh, wait, I think I might know this one. Do you know this one? Uh, adventurers who tread the back road called Seven Gables near Dansville in Ingham County. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I needed and we're done. Close the oh book my God. and it's over. Dansville, we can do like an episode on the places messed up. Oh, no. So many stories about that. All right. I think that's where, um, is, are either of you familiar with The Burning Bed? It was a movie from like the 70s or something? No. That happened in Dansville. Yes. I yes, told, I, I think because I told you about it. <laughs> I say you probably are, but I don't know. I forget who was in it. Some famous woman. Like Farrah Fawcett or something. I don't oh, remember. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, that was based on a, a real story from Dansville. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Dansville, for being a tiny little town, has a wacko history. Yeah. It just told Farrah me Fawcett. like... Nice. Woo! I remembered an actress! <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> now, now do that on our movie show. No. Well, I mean, I recognize the downtown guy. <laughs> Uh, so this is The Witch of Seven Gables Lane. Um, adventurers still sniff the air to see if they can smell the acrid, burnt flesh of the witch who supposedly lived there in years past. As the legend goes, local marauders locked the woman in, in her house, which was then set on fire. She perished in the flames, but the stories say she remains to wreak vengeance on those who still dare to venture near her property. Local uh, marauders? Local marauders. I'll have to see if this is actually That's in the it. doc because this is she's in so many books I've read. This it might be in the in the doc. Yeah, there's like haven't gotten there yet. Some but. weird weird stuff has gone down with her. Um, in fact, there are one of the books I read. It was um, an actual paranormal team went to investigate and they had some weird shit happen to them. Oh shit! But still, hashtag not a witch, right? Because um, the story's so bogus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No details are given. You know who the marauders are. Right. Why this woman was well, burned alive in her you're house. you're a marauder, you gotta stay anonymous. That's, that's, that's how marauding a, works. It's like real one. Make a good point. <laughs> but, why was she a witch? What, who did, who, what did, what did she do? Did she just live by herself as an old lady? Assigned female at birth. Uh, oh, possibly shit. Possibly had pockets, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Are you looking it up now? See if yeah, because it's she's in her. <laughs> it's connected to something else too. Mm. Yeah, we could like do a whole thing on Dansville. There will be a thing on Dansville. It'll be like <laughs> dinky little towns with creep out histories, <laughs> right? Dansville burned down like four times or some ridiculous thing oh like God. that. Like after twice, it's a sign to not build there. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> that was the universe going. Hey, idiots, don't do this. 
I can't talk about the burning bed if anyone is wondering about the burning bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Greg can read the summary of the movie. Cause I was going to say, the movie or the actual and like, And I remember, because I think uh, my mom watched it on TV or something. Like, it was a, on Lifetime or, or I don't know, USA or right. you know, some daytime movie. It was the burning bed. That sounds... Now I'm just thinking about that Midnight Oil song. I mean, it's... <laughs> it, I mean it is literal, it turns out. It's not a metaphor. Oh, the it's bed is literal. actually burning. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the burning bed. Uh, an abused and battered wife... I'm reading this off of IMDb. An abused and battered wife has had enough of, hu- uh, of husband beating up on her... Come on, grammar. An abused and battered wife has had enough of her husband beating up on her. Everywhere she turns for help, there's not much anyone will do. After he rapes her one night, she sets the bed on fire with him in it asleep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a Florence and the Machine song like that, and he uh, maybe that's where she got it from. Maybe, um, and he supposedly haunts the house. They might have torn down the house and like rebuilt it or something, or it's empty. But yeah, he supposedly haunts the space in the house or where the house was. I don't remember if they tore it down. And then okay. his family lived next door, so that's why like she couldn't get away from this guy because they lived right they lived right next door to her in laws. Oh god, and they abused her too. Great. Um, so I think that one's also supposed to be haunted. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's going to be fun to go in depth on. Let's yeah. Talk about that. Tiny Michigan towns. Why are you so crazy? Because they're <laughs> tiny like, Michigan towns in yeah. the middle of nowhere. I mean, this poor woman was like driven to insanity. Right. But. I don't blame her. Yeah. That town has a history with fire. So it doesn't surprise me too much that with this, this witch story that there's more fire. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dansville and fire. Go together like Dansville and fire. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if like Dansville has a, a history of like reported um, like elemental spirits and things. Oh, that'd be cool. That might explain all the fire, right? Yeah, I mean, I know woods and sure fire and you know old timey days, but right. you build your shit out of but... wood, it's gonna catch on fire. But but <laughs> it burned down an awful lot. It yeah. seems, and I think there there was a cemetery that's also connected Ooh. to the Seven Gable Witch, but. Could, yes, yeah, there is. Yeah. And that's a wacko story, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's whacked out. It's weird. We'll, we'll get to it. But oh, yeah. I wasn't, so bizarre. I wasn't going to have a casual episode without, without talking about the witches. The other oh, witches yeah. Michigan. Yeah. That's a big one, and it's a, it's a big nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the complete lack of details. Yep. Yeah. I would say maybe it came from the Burning Bed episode, but I think it maybe came before that. I have no idea. I don't idea. know, because that happened... I mean, the movie, I think, is from the 70s. This gave me no details whatsoever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Give me I mean, people kind of blamed her. Like, how dare you murder your husband? When, like, she was literally put through hell. Right. How could she not murder her husband? <laughs> the woman would have to be a saint. Oh, yeah. The ghost of the witch um, screams at trespassers. And the scream means instant doom to its hearers if the premises aren't cleared immediately. So she's like a banshee. So she's a banshee. Yeah. <laughs> you hear your name, my friend. You're fucked. I actually have a friend. Um, Who's a banshee? And Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> she never says my name, thank god. Um, no, he lives in Northern Ireland and he's heard the banshee before. And he's Ooh. heard her say his name. Nice. Yeah. Hey. Hey, one, one of one of the the character ideas we had for for doing Spirit Bar was a banshee who sounds like she's doing an ASMR video all the time because she can't <laughs> speak above. Right. <laughs> she uses no one's name and she can't speak above this. <laughs> she's just doing ASMR all the time. I, I like a gin and tonic, please. What? I, I like a gin and tonic, please. <laughs> <laughs> speak up, lady. This is a bar. <laughs> It's everything down. Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to some UFOs since we did an episode about that. Does it have the um, Sault Ste. Marie one? Um, we just watched. Know. We just watched a video last yeah, night on George Takei, and I was like, "Wait, is this the Sault Ste. Marie one?" Because I never remember the names of things. I don't know. Yeah, the I don't the know Ken Ross incident. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, because yeah. I don't remember the names of things. Oh, either. Sault Ste. Marie. So yeah. George Takei has a uh, or had a um, paranormal show on. Um, the Learning Channel, I think. 
Is this just Briefly? what old Star Trek actors do? I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> solid gig. But it's... They, it's that's three of well, them. Well, he's narrating it. It's animated. Oh, that's cool. It's in, like, paper cut animation. Okay. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he did one about the Ken Ross incident. And you can't you can't okay. see like the whole episode, but you can see like one segment of it. Mm-hmm. And he also did Mothman. Yeah. Mothy baby. That was what got us watching it, I think, was the Mothman. Yes. <laughs> Except that he, that like the second episode is the updates like on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. Yeah. The second episode is the updates from all the previous episodes, so you have to watch them in reverse order. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this is about a couple sightings of UFOs in the 1950s, which is a very good decade for UFOs. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, in the vicinity of Detroit, a, a Richard Miller was instructed by aliens over his shortwave radio to meet them in an isolated area. Miller obeyed and was rewarded by the sight of a disc-shaped craft landing near him. What appeared to be a young human male wearing a dark brown suit greeted Miller and instructed him to his... And introduced him to his, quote, commander, an undescribed fellow by the name of Soltek. <clears throat> the, unusual meso- the usual messages of peace and love were then communicated to Miller, who faithfully reported his experience for the good of humankind. Because there are always messages of peace and love, and they're always given to just random-ass people. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, that's all I got. Uh, space people are way more egalitarian than we are. Yeah, but they are really bad at communicating. Maybe because they don't want to get killed, because we'll totally kill them. This is true. I think that some <laughs> of them have been to the wrong people. We should go to the most powerful. No, you should not. No. <laughs> oh, we should go to the U.S. No, you should not. Don't come to us. In 1956, a 41-year-old Dearborn man named Lawrence Cardenas glimpsed not one, but 15 men dressed in something like dark green elf suits, including the peaked caps. Wow. They wore heavy goggles and stood about medium height. As Cardenas drove by this spectacle on his way to work at a laundromat, he noted that a slightly larger man appeared to be the boss of the odd group. For Cardenas, the otherworldly aspect of the sighting was clinched when he spotted a strange craft with colored flashing lights parked nearby. He just continued on his way to work and went about his day like nothing happened. So I know there's a couple of UFO stories that are in Dearborn. And that's yeah. where I grew up, and I didn't know this until like way after I moved away from Dearborn. Okay, uh, but there are yeah, there's a, there's definitely a number of ones that are from Dearborn. Whether that's because you know it's it's where all the car companies are, or yeah, head of industry. I don't know. I know. I'm trying to think of why, and I don't. No, because yeah, it's not near the airport. Nope. Mm-mm. It's not near Willow Run, where all of our Mm-mm. sightings happen. Yeah, so you yeah, yeah. like it's not weird. It's not close enough that yeah, you would see an ac- you would see a plane. Right. An airplane or something. And, and it's not near any sort of um, military facilities. No. Like, so yeah, there's there's not really much that you would mistake you know, for a UFO there. Huh. Um, now, depending on the time period, the, the uh, Dearborn Inn is there. And you used to be able to land planes there. Oh, interesting. Yes. Henry Ford used to land his plane, like, oh, right in right. front of the inn. What a dick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for, for a myriad of reasons, but right. damn. Um, or, or, and, and it was, you know, it's an upscale hotel, so... Right. He did whatever he wanted. Well, yes, and, and so... You <laughs> so know, did other rich people. guests could also land their planes there and just hop on out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that would have been back in the 30s. Right, so. right. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, that is that is not the only UFO story that, that um, Dearborn certainly has. Interesting. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do Dearborn UFO sighting. Yeah, Michigan is really good for UFO sightings for some reason. Like, oh, oh yeah. we're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the yeah. Kim Ross, which which apparently is a big, and that's that's, that's an actual one. like disappearance. Yeah, that's yes. a somebody vanished. Um, but also, yeah, like the swamp gas, like originated not far from us. You know, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. We one. did that yeah. episode. So, yeah, it's um, one of the things Michigan has given to the world. Right. Yeah, kitty litter is another one. You're welcome, world. Oh, God, you're welcome. Mm. You're welcome, yeah. me. But, I mean, like, we're, we are not known, at least in this part of Michigan, for our swamps, particularly. Not really, not no. Not really. We have bogs. We have bogs and stuff, yeah, marshes. Uh, marshes, but, but, like, as for, like, a, a le- legit, literal swamp, not so much. Yeah. No. I know, now I know, like, mid and northern Michigan does, because I've been doing, like, research 
uh, about the area around um, Manistee National Park, so around Cadillac. Oh, yeah. And there, okay, there yeah. is an actual swamp. Mm. Hmm. Okay. That would make sense. Because that's pretty close to water. Mm-hmm. Large, yeah. Larger water. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan is surrounded by water. We're always close to water. Right. So one more from around this area. Uh, reported from the Mich- from MichiganUFOs.com. Happened in August 1951 when a counselor at Camp Big Silver on Silver Lake, just south of Pinckney, which is a little bit northwest north of us, west yeah, of us yeah. was giving an astronomy demonstration to two campers using a telescope. The counselor, Walter Webb, just happened to be the chief lecturer on astronomy at Boston's Charles Hayden Planetarium, someone oh. who knew his way around the night sky. A little bit, yeah. Suddenly, he and the two boys noticed a yellowish-red light moving westward in a, quote, undulating fashion south of the lake. Webb thought it was an airplane until he remembered that planes fly in straight lines. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) I'm glad he remembered. By that time, the light had disappeared. He could not come up with a scientific explanation for what the three of them had seen. And I can't either. Mm. Um, I do find it interesting that so far all of the UFOs that we have talked about here on Haunted Mitten have all flashed uh, pretty similar colors. Yellow being the big, yellow, red, and green being the big mm-hmm. three colors. I just want to point out that commonality between them. Mm. They've all flashed similar colors. I don't know if they've been the same shape. I just want to mention that's near Hell, Michigan. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just because I really love Hell, Michigan. <laughs> it's silver. Silver Lake is just beautiful. It's so beautiful up there. Oh, I've never seen it. And I have lived my entire, uh, almost my entire life in uh, Michigan, and uh, I have never been to hell. I know. Oh my Why? god, right, you weren't with us. No. No, he didn't come with us. No, I've, I've never been there. It's a lot different now than it was when we were there, too. Oh, I would love it's, to go again. It's undergone some changes. I want ice cream. The ice cream was good. <laughs> I, I love the, the post office. That was super fun. Oh, yeah. Just before I, I went, I just like put out a call on Facebook that was like, who wants a postcard from hell? Yeah. And one of my friends was like, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't going to tell him. She was just going to show up in the mail. Like, I was like, why are you going to threaten him with it? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> we are back to lake monsters. Woo! Yeah, yeah, we have so many lake mon- monsters. We got so like... many damn We lakes. do. Uh, this is the Lake Leelanau monster. So this is... From the uh, Weird Michigan book via my favorite website, Shadowlands, which keeps saying it's going to update. Yeah. That's like when places close for remodeling. Yeah, that's basically what it did. Yep. <laughs> I'm so sad. Krista's just mad because she wants that barbecue place to be quick. Uh, I do. I do want that barbecue place to be closer. <laughs> that was some damn fine brisket. <laughs> Give me the barbecue. It's almost worth driving to Chelsea for, but not quite. Mm, no. <laughs> no. It wasn't so bad when I went because I went to the gym first, which was halfway. Oh, yeah. It's only yeah. 15 minutes from the gym. Right. You're like, well, if But there. the gym is 15 minutes from my house. Right. So. Eh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or I could drive to Celine if they would just reopen. Please. It's on Michigan Ave. It's right over there. <laughs> Great shot from the house. <laughs> we want the barbecue. This was sent in by a reader whose great-grandfather was the witness. The boy at the time was fishing for perch one day in 1910 in the shallows of Lake Leelanau, um, which is in Leelanau County. No way. The lake had been dammed in the late 1800s to provide water power for the local mill and to enable logging. Uh, the dam flooded much of the surrounding area, as dams do, turning it into swamps, and bogs punctuated by dead standing trees. On that particular day, the boy, uh, William, sorry for butchering this last name, Gothier or Gothier, rode out to a new fishing spot near the town of Lake Le- near the town of Lake Leelanau, next to the Lake Leelanau, which is in Leelanau County. Everybody good? I yes. assume it is on the Leelanau Peninsula. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is that Leelanau County? I can't remember because school- I don't actually think it is. Schoolcraft got really weird. I don't think it is either. Schoolcraft was dumb when he named our counties. I'm just going to say. Correct. Looking for good perch habitat, he paddled up close to a tree that he estimated to stand about five feet above the water with a six-inch trunk. Gauthier was in about seven feet of water at this point and decided this would be a good place to cast a line. That's when young William discovered the tree had eyes. They were staring him dead in the face at about four feet above water level. Whoa. The boy and serpent exchanged a long gaze. Then the creature went... Bloop. 
Into the water. That's literally what it says. Is bloop. And bloop. Gauthier said later that the creature's head passed one end of the boat while the tail was still at the other end, though it was undulating very quickly through the water. <clears throat> the the writer, so the person that sent in this story, noted that Gauthier always admitted to having been thoroughly frightened by this encounter and that he stayed away from the lake for years afterward. Um, <laughs> he knew others that would privately admit that they had seen the creature, but no sightings have been publicly reported in recent decades. Dude, that reminds me of the one I just read in, um, what's this movie called? Ojibwe narratives of Charles and Charlotte Cabogam and Jacques Lepic. That one I can do. That one's French. This is from the 1890s. And uh, Jacques Lepic talks about, um, yeah, like a lizard water spirit. And it's described as a couple different ways, but like how you described it, that's also how you described it. And this was in Sable Lake, which I was mm. going to look up where that is because I don't know. Mm-mm. UP. UP-ish. <laughs> it's in the UP. It's in the middle of the UP. Give me directions to the other lake. Right. No, that was in the Lower Peninsula. Mm. Although, if you go by water... Uh, yeah, it's not that far. Yeah, you just go up, like, straight up across this big island. I'm not sure what the, which one that is. What island are you? Beaver Island! I should have known. <laughs> I think that's where the pirates were. I'll probably... Yeah. If we don't do an episode on <laughs> James Strang, I will be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good um, lord. Because there's... I think there's a um lighthouse on the island where he was so he doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the lighthouse right but with the island oh yeah so yeah like if you go across the water if you're a lake monster you could get there pretty handily <laughs> right well and- if you're a person you got to go around some yeah. things <laughs> <laughs> and you know like lake michigan and lake huron are like technically the same body of water so there could definitely you could get all around the state of Michigan, basically. Oh, yeah. Mm. However fast you wanted to if you're in the water, so... Yeah. Or if you're a ghost pirate. Or if you're a ghost yeah, pirate. absolutely. Or a, a monster sea snake. Yeah, and in this, they suggest they are the Pukwudgenini? Oh, Pukwudgy, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we call them, the Pukwudgy, but in this, it's Pukwudgenini. Okay. Okay. Puck, he spells he spells things phonetically, so it's puck wudge in nin ni. Okay, and then in the like the notes at the bottom, it mentions Schoolcraft, whose wife was um, Ojibwe. So that's oh, okay. why a lot of our counties are either actual native names or native sounding because he just was really obsessed with native languages. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Leelana was his was Schoolcraft's wife's pen name. Oh, okay. I think. All right. That's kind of nice. So no one's really sure if that's actually a native name or not, because she was, she might have been half native, but she at least was of the Ojibwe tribe. Okay. So it could be native and it's just like her name and we don't know what it means. Fair enough. (laughs) But he just calls them, um, Schoolcraft calls them Pukwudgenini. So similar but different, but. But like. But yeah, the Pukwudgie is what I usually hear. Yeah. And those are the ones uh, associated with Mackinac Island. Right. I had no idea that it was associated with Mackinac Island. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which are also very, you know, which would also be super close to the lakes. Right. 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 So that's interesting that we have multiple, and this is from, like I said, the 1890s. Yeah. He's telling this story. And this is when he's like, oh, back when I was adventuring. So it's actually closer to like maybe the mid 1800s. Right. Maybe. Because he was an old man when he told these stories. Right. I wonder then. I guess it. I guess it could also be if we're, you know, the Lilana monster. It. It also sounds like it could be a giant eel. Yeah. I don't know what's doing in the tree, but whatever. Doing its eel business. Eels um, are wild, man. I. <laughs> NP. Uh, not NPR. Radio Lab. Yeah, Radio Lab. Like last year, a few years ago, did a segment on eels, and I learned so much about eels, and they are just. Weird alien creatures. <laughs> well, you have to deal. You have to deal with the eel. Oh, our eel, yeah, our eel at the library, Snowflake. Yeah. yeah. Aww. I also, occasionally him. called Todd. Yeah. I love him. He got traumatized because he accidentally flew out of the tank. Well, you know, it'll happen. And he got scooped up in a child's <laughs> shopping basket and tossed back in, and then he hid for days. But yeah, they describe them as um, great serpents. Is one of the ways they describe them. Or, I think it's serpents with legs. 
<laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, because they leave um, footprints. You apparently you would see them around the lake. Oh, okay. Um, and occasionally the wa- the water of the lake would like retreat, and that was when the creatures left. They took the water with them. Oh, okay. So they're like so if, tidal. If the water was low, then you didn't want to go in the lake because you didn't know how fast it was going to rush back. Okay. So if you ever were by the lake and you saw that it was low, don't fucking go in there. Got it. Was what they were warning him about. You got it, friend. Um, but I think it mentions in here that the lake was mostly gone because it had something to do with being close to Lake Superior. Oh, did it just yeah. get like sucked back into? Yeah, I think so. Lake Superior. <laughs> lake Superior was yeah. like, oh, water's escaping me. Mm-hmm. No. Now for a good many years, the lake has been very small, having broken through the sand and run in- off into Lake Superior. Like, oh, okay. And then he says, the Indians think that the reason that the serpents have gone away is that they do not like the whites whom the serpents believe to be as strong as themselves. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So we get a white dude who's full of himself, like any white dude. No offense, Greg. And a Pukwajaninini? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. To uh, duke it out, is what you're saying? That would be awesome. And we see who really proves stronger? Yeah. I know what my money is. Now, they say they're as powerful as Michiginabig. Which is not how it's spelled anymore. I don't remember. I, I don't remember who that is. Because he was just spelling these things phonetically, and that's not how we spell things now. Because right. we actually have a, a form and a function to how we translate that into our alphabet. Right. But it's a cool book. I haven't gotten very far at all. It's like one of the only things I've read was about the water serpents. But no, yeah. that's that's relevant. That's to what interesting. We're about. Yeah, and and the fact that this is from the 1890s, right? And he's speaking about his experiences from like maybe the 1870s, right? 1860s. What did I just say? Like 1910 yeah. or something? Yeah, right. So Who maybe knows? they were real. I mean, it could be an animal that's gone since gone extinct too. Oh sure, and we just don't have like accurate historical record of it, right? I don't know. I mean, History people. We also did a shit ton of polluting of the water between then and now, so... That is extremely true. We also did that, so we probably killed a bunch of stuff we didn't know existed. Yep. Hooray! Mining Thanks, is not people. not a clean business. Mining Turns is out. disgusting. Mining, logging, paper making. Yep. All the things we're good at. Automotive manufacturing. Yep. Oh my god, it's all horrible. Yeah, that's why... I mean, we set our lake on fire at one time. <laughs> that... No, that was Ohio. <laughs> I, th- I think Lake Erie did parts of, uh, parts of it caught fire too. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Lake Erie oh. caught on fire. But it was Ohio's fault. That's oh yeah. If you look at the water boundaries between the states and mm. also Canada, we only have a teeny tiny little itty bitty bit of Lake Erie. Yeah, we don't have a lot. I actually wrote an entire article on it. It's online. It's about, <laughs> it's about the Toledo War. But uh, Ohio has been holding a grudge against Michigan for like 150 years. They actually got in a lawsuit in the 1870s, unfortunately, Michigan lost, over the boundary. So the boundary God. between Michigan and Ohio was was not decided until the, the 1970s. Oh, my God. Yep. Chill out, Ohio. <laughs> That's a way to hold a grudge. <laughs> like, they actually held up Michigan becoming a statehood. Right. Because they were like, no, we want Toledo. The Toledo Strip. And Michigan was like, no. No. <laughs> Just because you guys screwed up mapping where the Detroit River and Lake Michigan end, it's not our fault. That's not our fault. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the, if you zoom in enough on the boundary and actually get it to show you the water boundaries, right. it looks ridiculous. There's like this teeny little funky wedge. Ugh. Like the Ohio border just goes like almost straight north <laughs> in the water and then goes over. Uh, water boundaries are funny. Yeah. There's nothing to mark I that. just love that they were sitting on that for over a hundred years. <laughs> they were biding their time. <laughs> I mean, didn't Michigan get, like, all the copper mining out of I mean, there? we did get the UP. Yeah, we got the UP <laughs> so... out of it, so sure, take Toledo. And, and pasties, and pasties. It's true. Yeah. And Cornish. Yeah. Maybe that's why they were so mad, because we actually got the better end of the deal, and so they were, so in the 1970s, they were like, no, <laughs> water, I've, water boundaries. I've been to Toledo. We got the way better end of the deal. <laughs> The museum was really cool. Museum, it's fine. The, the zoo, great. That's it. Dude, Toledo's got a couple good museums. They got Tony Paco's. Which I've never been to. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> sure. Ditches and hot dogs. All right. He mentions this every time, and he has to dog. re-explain it to me every time. Yeah, I'm like, because I don't, I don't know what it is. No. Uh, did you know that Detroit airport had kangaroos? I have heard that story, I feel yes. like I have Damn. heard this story. I don't remember. 
Kangaroos are a notoriously like escaping animal. They, they are they are very escape prone for some reason. They have hands, first of all. <laughs> yeah, they're really strong. They are super fucking strong, and they can jump. I, I saw something er, uh, earlier this week about how an escaped kangaroo was one of the explanations for um, Springheel Jack. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just a dude. It's, okay. It was made up. The guy that that made it up admitted to it later. Yeah. yeah. He was trying to make people like feel a little safer or something. Sure, that's how you make people feel safer. It's just a rogue kangaroo. It's not a demon. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was Britain, worse. also the known for their rogue exotic animals for some reason. Oh my god, big cats all up yeah. on that thing. Oh. In September 1984, an eyewitness told Detroit police that she had spotted a full-grown kangaroo leaping across the interstate highway at the airport. <laughs> I'm picturing it, it's great. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. A sheriff's deputy also spied it the next day, but it was never caught. Oh. No one knows where it came from. The zoo never claimed it. No, no... Publicly. No shipping, (laughs) no air shipping, no cargo planes ever claimed it. It was just this thing that happened in the 80s. We had a mystery kangaroo. It's really funny. I I mean, it could easily have been an exotic pet of some douchey rich person in Detroit. Right. There there was not that long ago, too, um, there was a large cat that escaped. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't remember what kind of cat it was. It was a a caracal. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It was was roaming around like Royal Oak. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. The lady owned three of them, and she had to give them all up because one... That's that. You own three goddamn wildcats. Yeah. <laughs> Two illegal. <laughs> was three. that when she was she was um warning people like not to shoot it because it was her pet? Yeah. There there was there was also not that long ago a savanna apparently that escaped in Detroit, which is also a it, it is a domestic house cat, but it is among the largest. Yeah, they're yeah. domestic house cats. And you could, spotted you could too, mistake right? it yeah, for spotted. It looks very much like a wild cat. Yes. If yeah. you saw that just on the street, you'd yes. be like digging in your trash cans. Oh my god! Um, yeah. No. There's a couple somewhere somewhere in this state that I follow on Instagram that own a serval named Chloe, and she looks really sweet. But those aren't domesticated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while I love following that Instagram, please don't own wild animals. Oh, the car call was was twenty twenty one October. Yeah, it was that it was recent. Like, it was oh, recent. I didn't think it was that recent. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think there was another one before that, about uh, probably five to eight years ago. That's what was I was there thinking. Another one before. Oh that? yeah, and I think wild cats. Yeah, domesticated or not often go free in the Detroit suburbs. I, I do not know why this is. <laughs> Guys, stop owning wild animals. Because I remember in college stories of that. Yes. Um, oh, my God. And there was, like, the liger, apparently, that was loose in the suburbs. <laughs> I don't know if that was actually true, if that's just what people decided it was because of that movie, but... Oh, maybe. Because that's pretty fucking big. But, I mean, there are some extremely wealthy people in the suburbs of Detroit, in the Detroit area. That's true. Like, people kind of forget that, that there are some oh, I filthy, forget. filthy, filthy rich people. I totally forget. <laughs> filthy rich. Like, descendants of the, the Ford and, you know. Yeah, that's true. Those yeah, guys. Yeah, I guess all the old families, yeah. Yeah, they're still there. Yeah, I guess they still exist, yeah, that's Running true. for office. Great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's what we need, old rich people to run for office. Yeah. And last but not least, we have the Silverbrook Witch. I don't know if I know this one. This is in Niles, in a cemetery called Silverbrook. No way. A witch is said to be buried there, although lo- the location of her grave is unknown, which is a good thing because we know what happens when people think yeah. they know where the grave of the witch is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to be there at the right hour of night, the story goes, her screams reverberate through the chapel at the center of the cemetery. But there is no details about who this woman is, why she was a witch, and what happened to her. I think people just see, like, female apparition, and they just think witch. It's, like, the same thing, right? It's That's pretty much the same thing. Well, we I mean, we yeah. learned from the Bell Witch story that, yes, often witch is just a catch-all for female supernatural entity. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. You know, so... For sure. Yes. Not anymore. Not anymore, <laughs> but, no. But, you know, in the, in the 1800s, yes, that was... That was a catch-all term. Right. 
Yeah, that's true. Not to not to defend anybody calling somebody a witch who is not. I was like, get off this podcast. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm not a witch. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we could talk about, but I'm going to make real episodes of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll have to, probably not in a whole episode of Danville, because we have talked about some of it here, but yeah. it's it's going to be in an episode somewhere. That because... sounds great. <laughs> and yeah, and there's the cemetery, and we're definitely doing a cemetery episode, possibly too. Oh, I'm sure we'll do um, multiple, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I found a bunch of stuff in Flint that, uh... That's awesome, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's easy to drive to. That's not bad, yeah. And, and I'm sure there's got to be some, because Flint's not that far from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, I think is which one's up there. So there's got to be some UFO stories from up there. Oh, I Oh, bet. probably. I don't know. Y'all got any stories you want to share? Um, I mean, I did, ha- I did have that one experience, like, since the last time I was uh, I was here. Oh, in yeah. the uh, woods by work. That was that was Oh, yeah. Funky. When the, fairy, it, the fairies tried to yeah, kill you. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So where I work, there is a ravine, like, right at the edge of the property, and then that ravine goes behind a little um, shop, like a little workshop building that somebody owns there, which I have told may ha- have been a, a head shop manufacturing okay. facility at one point, making paraphernalia. Would, would not surprise me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, all right, sounds about right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next property that connects to the ravine um, is a farm. It's the flower farm. And they do like a U-pick thing mm-hmm. but with flowers Aww. instead of the... i want to go so badly yeah. we were supposed to go uh but then COVID happened mm. but as i was closing up a uh, shop uh over the summer i kept hearing somebody calling my name from down in the ravine and i thought oh maybe one of the loading dock guys like fell into the ravine <laughs> and is calling for help but Sorry, then i, I thought laugh, but it's funny. no that doesn't make any sense because how would he know who was up here right like they'd be calling for help they wouldn't be calling for me specifically Right. Because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't out there talking to anybody. There's no way that anybody would know that I was the one who was up there. And if you were down in that ravine, which is probably 15 feet down, it's it's not, you know, it's not a short drop. Yeah. It's not a ditch. It's not a ditch. It's, I mean, if Full you... on ravine. Yeah, if you, like, roll down there or something unexpectedly, you could probably, like, break a leg or twist Oof. your ankle or something. Okay. You know, it's not some place that I want to go down without knowing that I'm going down there. <laughs> um, go sledding. Right. <laughs> And so I, like... Oh my god, surprise sledding. No, thank you. Sorry, yeah, I, go on. <laughs> I thought about it, and I was like, no, like, the farm down the, down the road owns two big dogs. Okay. It's gotta be the dogs barking, and just the echo sounds weird. Sounds like my name for some reason. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I tell this story to one of my co-workers, and he said, I had a weird experience over there the other day. I had to go down in the ravine, um, because we have a... We're off the city water so we have a um well not well we have a well and then i forget what the um where the sewage goes and stuff yes why uh, is the name like a, escaping a sump, me yes yeah, a, a field so he had to go down there and he had to clear one of the pipes that drains water um from the field and so he had to climb down the ravine he said well while i was down in the ravine i kept hearing music down there and, like, I thought the music was coming from this way, and I'd go over this way a little bit, and then the music would sound like it was coming from over this other way, and I'd go over that way a little bit, and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I said, well, you know, I know that the, the guys in the shop sometimes, like, are working outside the shop, and they have the radio going real loud, so maybe it was the radio from the shop, you know? I'm like, there, there's a legitimate explanation for what this could have been. I was not there for the music, so sure. I don't know. Um, and he was like, I guess that must have been. I don't know. That must have uh, been it, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, one of those... Like, that's the only thing that makes any sense? Yeah. But he heard it consistently. Like, it was not like it was the cars passing on the road where it was somebody's radio driving by. This was, he heard it long enough to try and follow where the music was, try to figure out where it came from. But it was, it was an interesting experience because both of those things are things that are highly, and and that environment are both, are all things that are highly associated with, like, fairy stories. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, that was, that is a, that was a textbook, like, fairy you know, abduction, ex- like, you were, experience. You were almost abducted! Yeah. Um, now, do we know the names of the people that own the flower farm? Uh, not off the top of my oh, head. Like, yeah, because that, them, Greg. That's what my thought was. <laughs> that's a good point. I, I can't remember. I should know her name, but I can't think of her now. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. But I don't know her husband's yeah, name. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if she's mentioned it on her social media or nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But the only thing I came up with was that it was the dogs. And I've, but I've never heard the dogs bark before that. Sure. That's the only thing. It's like, I've, yeah, I've been working. We've been there for three years now at that location. And that flower farm has been there for that entire time, pretty much. And I have never heard those dogs bark. Interesting. So, but it was the only logical explanation. Because there's no other, like, the neighbors in between there don't have animals. That I, I don't know. Or it was literally someone calling your name, but it wasn't for you. It was just happening. Or it was to your somebody name. else, yeah. yeah. Or they were yelling Craig. Or so, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it happened to be. Yeah. Or it was fairies. Yeah. It's really funny because that is pretty classic fairy. Like, that was, yeah. like, I'm like, this, no, this is like 100% between the two of us, like a. Right. Yeah. Music coming from nowhere and then like, come on, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Come down in the ravine, Greg. So. Yeah, I don't know. Make of that of that what you will, but that was an you know that was a weird experience for real. And it was it was something where like it didn't I didn't think about it until after the fact that oh, <laughs> oh <wait. laughs> like thank goodness I have self preservation. Exactly. <laughs> Good life choices. All right. Now there's me who's like my name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. how Kimmy ended up in a ravine. Yeah. <laughs> Calling Greg's name. <laughs> I fell in the ravine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I definitely would go to investigate, but I also don't like it when things know my name, so. Oh, I don't like that, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of things knowing my name. And there are so many ghost stories, like, there's just so much to, to tear apart there. I know. In a lot of these stories. Some of them, like, I, I don't know. I got nothing. Especially, like, the UFO stories and, and disappearances and things like that. Yeah. I just love the UFO ones because there seems to be so many commonalities between them. And then, like, Michigan mm-hmm. is just flooded. Yeah, it's for some reason a, a UFO hotspot. Yeah. Yeah. And the, what was it, the something Ross? Ross something? Kim Ross. Kim, Kim Ross. Yeah, Kim Ross incident. Yeah, that one I, I found really fascinating because they could see it on the radar, but they couldn't see it. Right. Right. And, like, the, the pilot keeps going, like, where is it? Where is it? And they're like, it's right on top of you. Like, like your two no, blips, your two blips have become one. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the opposite of that one in Australia, where like he could see it and they couldn't see it. Oh yeah. Uh, and and again, the guy disappeared. He kept saying that no, I see. There's a silver craft that's above me. Is there any military craft that's supposed to be here? And they're like, right. there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and and event yeah, he disappeared too. And they they've never found that wreckage mm-hmm. either. And this was right on the border. Um, of the U.S. and Canada, so, like, the Canadian authorities got involved as well in the search and so forth. Yeah, and the U.S. kept insisting, oh, well, it was a Canadian military plane that we let fly over. And Canada's like, we didn't have a plane flying over. (laughs) Yeah, what are you talking about? Canada was like, no. (laughs) It wasn't. We didn't do that. Apparently the U.S. Mm -hmm. has tried to claim that multiple times, and Canada keeps going, no. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. And then, what, what was the, what was the other bit of that story? Oh, there was a company that claimed... Um, years later, they had found the wreckage in the lake and yeah. tried to get you know money to go and like retrieve the wreckage and made a whole big media thing about it, and then just disappeared. And all like their their website disappeared. Like any information about this company ever having existed, just gone. CIA got to him. I don't know. Um, was it a scam? Was it? Yeah. Were they just was trying it... to scam money out of people? Right. Or, or, or were they trying to? Kind of go, look, see, it crashed. It's fine. It's not mysterious at all. It's crashed. Right. End of story. Right. Or or were they trying to force somebody's hand by saying, oh, yeah, we found it. And, you know, we're, like somebody who knew yeah. where this plane was. I don't like, know. What the hell are they talking about? Right. No, you didn't find it because I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. See what you did there? Right. So, yeah, what happened to this company? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, which do you find more convincing, when they can see it and the radar can't, or if the radar can see it and the pilot can't? Shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, when the pilot can see it, but the radar can't. Yeah, like the pilot can see it, but the radar can't. Gotta get eyes on versus it. Versus the radar can see it, but the pilot can't. Yeah. Gotta get eyes on it, for real. I feel the like pilot. the radar is more convincing because people can hallucinate. True. But radar is... I don't think is likely to hallucinate. Well, I feel like I would, I would trust <laughs> radar over it. something like a camera because I can have all kinds of like, you know, different lens flare and sure. you know, right. camera malfunctions and things. But a radar is just bouncing sound off of something. True. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's bouncing sound off of something, there's got to be something physical 
there's something there to reflect the sound off of right and if they're seeing two different signals that are get bouncing sound off you know off of there's got to be something physically there right uh, now that's if you believe in the like nuts and bolts you know ufo idea assuming that that's a thing oh, sure. you know, mm-hmm. if ufos are not nuts and bolts and they're not physical objects that you can reach out and touch and right. manipulate then yeah maybe radar doesn't bounce off of them and you can yeah you see with the naked eye when you can't see with the radar so i could go either way yeah depending could, on which stealth. ufo theory you want to go with crap on both yeah because <laughs> i think ufos can be both or do they have like you know different levels of physicality now that, that they may be, be able cool. to take yeah right you know and if it's cool. something that is say like extra dimensional and they're trying right. to like pierce into you know our our dimensional space then is it something that they have to do gradually they can't do fully all at one time and so the times when it appears to be a thing that is not physical necessarily um is it only partially manifested oh uh, okay you know if mm-hmm. it is able to fully enter our dimensional space then yeah. it looks like a nuts and bolts ufo right, 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 right. and can be picked up on radar and what have you um yeah so that you know that's a possibility you know that it's all those things ufology was never my subject mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> uh it sounds like it is you're doing pretty damn well yeah i, had, um, I hadn't heard of that theory before but yeah well, i haven't it, looked at ufos in yeah, probably like 30 I know, years i know one of the prevailing theories now is that it is not a nuts and bolts thing it Correct. is a it's a lot more um abstract or... abstract like ultra terrestrial is now a really big word rather right. than like extraterrestrial um because it's not from this plane of existence essentially does, so does... they're not aliens in our traditional understanding of aliens like, yeah they're not from planet. like they're not from like a planet that we can see in space yeah. they're from a completely other realm other dimension other dimension other universe yeah mm. Are they, now, does, does Michigan have any cases that you know of of USOs? Um, we actually, so y- yes. <laughs> I'm like, we must. We got all that damn water. <laughs> we have yeah. a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sometime maybe in season four, we'll talk about the Lake Michigan Triangle, um, which I've flown through. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And survived. Yeah, survived. yeah. It was like a the day before something. A, a plane hit. I don't know if they'd gone down. Or they had to turn around or something. Something went wrong with the plane. And I was like, and we're flying through that hmm. today. Today, fantastic. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> hey, you're here. It's true. It's fine. So yeah, we definitely had USOs, but I'm saving them for <laughs> a USO episode. A, a, an actual, an actual episode. <laughs> And there are a lot of like uh, mysterious disappearances and things at like planes, and we we kind of we covered the ghost ships. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that was pretty well, pretty pretty thoroughly covered. They managed uh, mentioned the Bannock Burn too in that show. Oh yes, yes. And they I did. was like, oh that's cool, <laughs> the Bannock Burn. I know you. Like uh, yeah, most of the disappearances that I know associated with the Lake Michigan Triangle are all ships. I don't know that many yeah, plane ones or. I think that yeah, I'm pretty sure there are. I'm sure there are. Just yeah. I, don't, I don't know of any specific. Right. Lake Story. Michigan is the most, uh, it, it is the deadliest, most dangerous of the Great Lakes. Mm. Yeah. Which is weird, because you'd think it'd be superior. Yeah. I th- with as deep and cold as superior mm. is. I right? thought it was until I looked at it, and that's, that is not the case. Part of it is, um, I think that it's like long and skinny, rather than Lake Superior being like flat and long, okay. I imagine, so to speak. I imagine right. yeah, um, shipping traffic is probably heavier on Lake Michigan than Superior as well, so there's probably a larger proportion of ships. Yeah, it is. water mass. Or mm, water, that makes sense, yeah. You know. Uh, it's also um, heavily populated. Yes. Yeah, that like, makes Lake, sense. Lake Michigan is more heavily populated than Huron. Yeah. And Erie. Erie's also kind of small. But. Mm, and I... Sure, yeah. I don't know. Ontario doesn't touch us. It doesn't... We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know nothing it's, about that. It's, yeah, it's the one I know the least about. New York can have it. <laughs> Toronto! Toronto's there. Toronto has it, too. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be something good. I, I was associated with with <laughs> Toronto because that's the only place I've I've seen it is from Toronto. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, Lake Michigan is um, no joke. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, wicked, wicked riptides. That's where how a lot of people die. Yes. Yeah. Although um, when we were at Point Pelee, yeah. they had uh, all the, they had that memorial to all the people who ignored the signs yep. that say "Don't swim in Lake Erie." Correct. And died. Hey, you know what you yeah. don't do? Swim in Lake Erie. Don't do it. Look, here's a memorial to all the people who did it. Mm-hmm. At least not up there. 
pretty yeah. pretty wicked out there. Yeah, well, because Point Pelee has that like knife edge where it yeah. meets, and then, yeah. Yeah, that Riptide is is no joke. No joke. Yeah. yeah, don't fool me. And you get, and if you get weather coming from both sides because you're a point, like yeah. you're fucked. Don't go in it. Don't go in the water. Yeah, they're worse than the oceans. Oh yeah. Yeah, our riptides are worse than the oceans. Yeah, which is terrifying because the ocean ones are really scary. <laughs> Just don't look at the diagrams of the lakes. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't. No. Anyway, thank you for listening to the finale of season three of Haunted Mitten. We will be back with season four on Halloween 2022. Whatever day of the week that falls on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have to look. Know. I don't know what it I was last counter, year. But... I don't know. You can find us pretty much everywhere at Haunted Mitten. You can email us at contact Haunted Mitten. At gmail.com. Like I said it right. Good job. Um, I'm having a good, I'm having a good, you know, I don't know, mouth day. <laughs> weird. I'm having a good mouth day, everybody. There's um, the brosy bites. <laughs> those brosy bites, man. Um, you can find me at K Gray Writes pretty much everywhere. Mostly Twitter. Mostly Twitter. I tweet a lot. And I'm at Krista K Coburn on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I... Well, Instagram gets cross-posted. The other two don't get necessarily get cross-posted to Instagram. But Greg? Um, I mostly do, yeah, Cinemaguano. So at Cinemaguano on Twitter. Um, it's probably the best way to reach me. Or at Gregory Pizzino, either way. Um, that is my main social media stuff that you will find me on that uh, is available mm-hmm. to the public. Because I enjoy Twitter more than I enjoy any of the others. Uh, yeah. Same. <laughs> I, am, I am not a social media person, so... Twitter is like my little safe place on the internet. Right? Yeah. It's very carefully curated. Mm. Also, Halloween is on a Monday, by the way. Oh, it was on a Saturday last year, I think. Or was it Sunday? Was it the Lord's Day? I can't remember. I don't know. What is time? Uh, yeah. um, check out our Patreon that we talked about at the top of the show. Um, for... And we'll be posting stuff all summer long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our Patreon doesn't stop just because the podcast does. Yep. There's Kay's Crime Corner, which is now with 100% more Kay's voice. So either you're welcome or I'm sorry, however you feel about me. <laughs> yep. um, I've got some of my Krista reads up there, like of ghost stories that are in the public domain, basically. Yep. <laughs> and um, some other random stuff. Like the, like we said, there's the interview with my mom, her personal ghost experiences. Yeah. Um, Tully's on that one, too. You can hear her purring. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the Wayne, uh, Fort Wayne yep. talk is up there mm-hmm. and our and talk the... with Pinkney. Yep. Some of my ridiculous art is up there. <laughs> I've done some comics. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check us out for a dollar a month. And you also get access to our Discord, um, where we just hang out and talk about the episodes or post weird memes. Yeah, or just like weird things that I find. Or just weird articles. There's a lot of weird stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, we have merch. store. Yes. Krista and I both wore our shirts today. Yeah. Me, because I was already in it. (laughs) I just didn't change to come record the podcast. Yeah, I've been wearing it. (laughs) Well, mostly. I was in PJs earlier, but when I got dressed. But it fits. It's so comfy. Um, You can find a myriad of products with our logo on it. And I finally met our artist because we happened to work the same shift. Woo! Woo. <laughs> so thank you yeah. again, Jenny. You it's, did amazing work. It's been a long time. Um, and she has a comic too, which um, is it Land of Dysphoria, World of Dysphoria, something like that. Sorry, Jenny. Yeah, um, it's great. It's on Twitter. Check out our sponsor, Lindby Designs. Thank you. Yeah, thank your, you to them need for to read you my nails. sponsoring this our podcast for this entire season. That's insane. And I love following them on instagram because it's a lot of just like stirring colors and it's just very peaceful oh that sounds great oh it's, my god yeah it's really nice there's my asmr <laughs> yeah that's it's exactly what it is yeah. it's just it's very peaceful like i love just watching her blend colors because <laughs> they're usually shiny yeah and like really cool really cool colors and stuff so it's so good it's, it's so, so good and as always happy hunting <laughs>